0: hey friends in second kings 25 we come to the end of this mostly sad record of israel and judah's kings in the first two verses we read so in the ninth year of zedekiah's reign on the tenth day of the tenth month nebuchadnezzar king of babylon marched against jerusalem with his whole army He encamped outside the city and built siege works all around it. The city was kept under siege until the 11th year of King Zedekiah. So the details that follow are horrific. After this two-year siege and forced famine... Zedekiah tries to escape with some of his men. He's separated from his men. He's captured. Then his sons are killed right before his eyes. Then his eyes are gouged out. So the last visual memory of his mind is the death of his sons. And then he's taken into captivity to die in prison in Babylon. Then the army of Babylon sets Jerusalem completely on fire. They utterly destroy the sacred temple, and the Jews themselves are taken into exile back to Babylon. They only leave a remnant to stay and care for the land, the vineyards, the crops, and the livestock. So no question, this chapter is one of judgment, consequences. It's a huge dose of reality. Even our society lives as if there is no reality, no consequence, no judgment day. We cry out for justice, but we often forget that the flip side of justice is judgment. In Israel's case, for hundreds of years and dozens of kings, They lived as if there was no payday, no consequences. They thought, we can live any old way we want. God loves us, and we'll never be held accountable. We can call ourselves the people of God and still worship idols, live unfaithfully to God, not follow his His word, his laws. But eventually, they reaped what they sowed. And I think we are no different sometimes. We serve the God of love, the God of grace, and yet even he warns us in the New Testament that we can't love the world and God at the same time, but we pretend we can. The loving apostle John cautions us, little children, keep yourselves from idols. And Paul himself, the apostle of grace, warns us that everyone will reap what we sow. So this is a sobering chapter for us as well. Now, can you imagine if Jehoiakim and Zedekiah, the last two kings of Judah, would have been able to see in advance into the future how their story would have ended with the burning of Jerusalem in flames? What changes of repentance would they have made? but they thought it would never happen. So too with us. Can we imagine the story of our lives going up in smoke because of our compromised living? Some of us already bear the scars of our own poor decisions in life. Well, the Bible is the ultimate book of love, redemption, and hope. In the end, jehoiakim The king that was taken to Babylon prior to his uncle Zedekiah becoming king is released from prison, 2 Kings 25 tells us. And he's seated at the table with the king of Babylon, a token of grace. And then 70 years after captivity, the Jews are allowed to return back to the land from which they were taken. So with us today, if we turn from our idolatry, our compromises, our duplicity, our sin, and return to God, he will forgive us and heal us. In fact, God did execute judgment on our sin already at the cross of Calvary, where Jesus bore our sin. So it's good to know at any point in our stories, if we humble ourselves and seek God, he will hear from heaven and forgive us. If we write a bad story with our willful pen, God's good loving pen is bigger and the font is bolder than ours. In the end, his story in our lives prevails. Love wins. Father, we repent today of our duplicity, our messing around with idols, our pride, um, all the things that would bring us shame. Father, forgive us and cleanse us, and we thank you that you paid the price for our sins at Calvary. And now, Father, Write our stories the way you intend them to be. Let your pen of grace be the pen that writes the story of our lives, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.